Oh shit, there's a KFC near me now. What? Finally. There's a KFC, KFC is uh, uh, pretty mid as far me. as the kids would say. Yeah, it won't Popeye or Bojack. I yeah, didn't that, that, doesn't, that doesn't exist here. Popeye's well, is way better it, than KFC. Yeah. I, I went to KFC twice and the, the, the thing that makes it interesting is that I don't know the 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 fried chicken burgers. They actually have like some flavor to them. I guess it's like <laughs> I would hope it has flavor. Yeah, but like you know, it doesn't taste like chicken. It tastes like the fucking spices they put in or whatever shit you guys do with food. Yeah, you put <laughs> you put spices on food. Yes. Yeah, but you know it it, it doesn't taste like fried chicken like we usually eat it here. Well, That's the thing. We we do it right. Popeyes is better than KFC. Yeah, I, KFC I, although people say KFC well, is is better in other countries, so maybe. That's also yeah, the, the, yeah. These things also all vary depending on the country because in the end they source the the materials from where they are, right? Um, but now I can't maybe, maybe, uh, for you. Maybe Argentina's is better than Ohio. Uh, maybe. <laughs> At some things, maybe not others. How do you even begin to compare Argentina and Ohio? The crime. <laughs> God, <laughs> don't start that. Oh God. Um, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna order something for later because I'm actually starving. Um, and then we can wait. 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 <laughs> Sorry. All right. Sup, nerds? Welcome to Powerful, a Power Metal podcast. We're here again super soon after our previous episodes, which is like a miracle these days. I don't remember the last time we released episodes so close to each other. I think it's been like less than two weeks. It's less than a month for sure. And I'm not here alone. As usual, I have my good friend Kyle with us. Hello again, Fernando. And we have someone else this time, uh, someone that's been on the show before, and you have heard her before. It's Alice. Hey there. How are you doing? How's it going? My friends, my good friends that you have been, we talked before. This is fun because we did an episode recently about Kyle's uh, big metal adventure going to a bunch of shows in a really short amount of time. And now... It's happening again. We are doing another one of these because uh, Kyle and Alice and a lot of our friends as well uh, went to Proc Power USA in Atlanta, Georgia. And I guess you guys had a blast and I cannot wait to hear all the little fun details and all the shows, the good shows, the bad shows, the good food, the bad food and all that fun <laughs> stuff. Yeah, hey, we had an incredible time at Prague Power USA. It was awesome to be back after almost three goddamn years. We've had these bands just, you know, loaded in the chamber, just ready to go for so long. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see Rhapsody when that eventually happens. <laughs> but we did it, goddammit. Finally, finally happened. Uh, because for everyone that doesn't know, Prague Power USA is this festival in the U.S., most of our listeners are from the U.S., so you probably know this, but it's worth mentioning it. Uh, that's been going on for a bunch of years now. It's a yearly thing in Atlanta, Georgia. And the main thing uh, for it is not only that it's about power metal and prog metal, which is 
not the biggest thing in the U.S. in general. Um, but it tries to have international bands that otherwise would not play the country because North American tours are really expensive because of just how fucking large the U.S. and Canada are. And sometimes you don't meet the amount of people in each city that makes it worth it to go for all the travel and all the cost. Especially with the visa process, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other problem on top of it. And Prog Power tries to bring those bands for that one show uh, that year to make it happen for the fans that can travel there and see their favorite bands that otherwise uh, they might not get a chance to. And this, uh, I don't know if you remember, if you're a new fan, you probably don't know, but in 20, back in 2018, uh, we went there. I went with the guys. Then they went again in 2019. And then 2020, this usually happens. In 2020 in, and 2021, yeah. and, you, the, the, know, you know, some stuff. This festival usually happens around uh, August and September. And it got completely derailed. And it was rescheduled, I think, three times. Uh, and bands constantly, the roster changing. And now, yeah, the lineup has been in flux to say the least. Yeah, the roster changing was pretty significant because every time I was like, "Please don't let one of the bands I really want to see drop out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nerve wracking. Totally. Yeah, we lost. We did lose some bands that I would have liked to see, but none of the ones that I like had to see. So I think yeah. we lost like Brothers of Metal. I think would have been fun. We lost Northdale, yeah. which I think would have been cool, just to, to name a couple. Yeah. But finally, it happened. A lot of people had bought tickets already for 2020 and held on to them all the way to 2022. Uh, 2022, we're in like June. It happened in June this time. So it was even hotter and <laughs> humider than, than <laughs> usual, I guess. Um, but now that's it. And now I'm just going to hand it to you. Uh, I want to I wanna hear everything from, from the start. Like... This is a four-day festival, right? So what, what's yes. the deal with day one? Four days. So it's it's a long, uh, grueling ordeal, not for the faint of heart. So if you're going all in on all four days, which to me is like the coolest way to do it. So day one, uh, the chillest day. It's only four bands. Uh, I think it tends to be lower profile. Uh, this one... Kicking off the whole ordeal was Mind Maze from the U.S. Uh, we got to see them at Mad With Power last year. And I don't think you were at day one. Were you, Alice? No, I wasn't. I, I just did two through four. You were not. I was slightly late to Mind Maze because I was uh, doing some tourist stuff with uh, Alice and the rest of Alice's team as we checked out the aquarium and uh, <laughs> the world of Coca-Cola. So, you know, get a, get a little bit of Atlanta tourism you know, while we're at it. Mm. But more importantly, uh, Mind Maze, this uh, melodic metal band from, I believe, Philadelphia area. Uh, really great time. I enjoyed them when I saw them out of power. Great time again here at this uh, larger event. They've got some lovely uh, like keyboard-focused power metal. Uh, their singer also does the flute a little bit, which is rather unique, I think, for this style of band. Uh, it was really cool just to have, a, I think, a familiar... Uh, hometown hero kick things off for us here nice nice mm -hmm. this led us into the second band of clone i think is how you say their name uh i get confused with all the, these big brain prog people are just 
they're, 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 it's hard for me to keep up, man. Anyway, Clone are from France. They're a sort of proggy, deathy band. I stuck around for about half of their set before having to go to socializing, which is you know another big part of prog power. But uh, these guys seem pretty cool. Uh, very dark, very uh, like epic and brooding kind of doomy style stuff. Mm. That uh, mm. uh, if you're if you're really into like that style, I think these guys uh, would be a very great time. See. Nice. Now, unfortunately, I did uh, skip out on the last two bands of day one. Uh, next up was Flotsam and Jetsam, sort of a uh, traditional metal style band. I had seen them open up for Hammerfall a few years ago, so I wasn't calling that a huge uh, loss. Uh, last up headlining day one was Hypocrisy. I believe they're a uh, melodic, melodic death metal band that I heard really good things about their performance uh, from our friends who stuck around for the rest of day one. Uh, meanwhile, we stuck uh, or we we left to go get bougie Thai food and then do karaoke. Uh, shout outs to Happy Karaoke in North Atlanta for their lovely selection of power metal. Is that That's the our third year going to the same karaoke place? <laughs> nice, nice. It's a nice place. It, it was yeah. It was a it pretty really like a way a bit far from the venue area, but. It was really, really nice. Yeah, you you have to take the train up there or like a, an Uber or a drive or something to to get up there. But uh, I think it's a, a hidden gem for the power metal fans that go to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Speaking of karaoke, so uh, every year at Prague Power, a big part of the experience is the Artmore Hotel, which is the hotel right across the street that um, a lot of people stay at. And there's always like a big late into the night after party. Uh, this year, I don't think I'd seen this in previous years. They had like a station in a courtyard set up where a dude had like a laptop hooked up to a TV and a microphone so people could just do karaoke. And uh, that was an extra fun addition to the whole after party scene as well, which we'll get to uh, later in the in the event as as you know, people might have partaken in this. Mm, nice. Looking forward to the revelations later on, this is like a pretty strong foreshadowing or reincorporation for later. We, we are just great at doing shows. Uh, I, I'll call it an omen. Uh, an omen. Anything. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is day one. It's a pretty chill day, I'd say, compared to the hours looking at the list that we have ahead of us. Yeah, I, I think it helps to have a very chill day one. Like the most common bit of advice you'll get about Prague Power is it's a marathon and not a sprint hmm. four days is a lot for a festival all the other festivals um of the like american ones that we've gone to here for and talked about on the show like mad with power and hyperspace and hell's heroes those are usually two maybe three day events uh this is a doozy at four. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the atlanta heat and humidity bearing down on you it's, it's uh, you know rather nice in the evening sure but uh, when you're when you're walking to the festival on day four, you've been drinking. It's hot. You're feeling gross. It uh, you know it's it's an endurance battle for sure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, take it easy on day one. Take it easy on day one, everyone. And what about day two? Day two, we're kicking it off proggy style uh, with the boys from Wilderun. Uh, Wilderun, I think, was one of the most proggy bands that you can get at this. They have an hour-long set that was comprised of all of four uh, songs. <laughs> Man, 
What is it, this jazz? It was interesting because they uh, showed off their live. They have they've never played a live debut of it before. Or they alive before, but they played the unimaginable Zero Summer, which takes some balls to do live. But that that's what they decided to do for their. Uh, album opener for Veil of Imagination. Like, let's just start with a 14-minute song, and I think that says a lot about the band themselves. Mm. Uh, nice. And what was it like? Did they deliver the goods? Was it like a, a great, good performance or just boring? What's what's the deal here? I enjoy Wilder Run as far as, like, big brain uh, proggy boys go. Uh, they have a pretty good variety of their style with some of the, the very like the light chill stuff the brutal heavy stuff even uh catchier stuff which you get in with like with far from where dreams unfurl their best song which they definitely make sure to play during these live sets mm. yeah that one was really good i do think um i really like passenger because it's even though it is a longer song i do like the build up and how it starts you know it, it, they still start with you know it's not like light acoustic -y. They they start a little heavier but not like um, with everything layered up and they build up to this very wonderful finale. It's a good song live, uh, although I think a lot of people are not a big fan of Wilderon's recent release. I think Passenger really sticks out as a, as a great song. It was their first single, though, but they gave a... Um, the, the, the video they posted on YouTube was uh, edited and they cut up quite a bit down. Mm -hmm. Something I noticed about Wilderon, and I'm sure other bands are, are I guess, quote-unquote guilty of this, too, but they have a lot of backing tracks during their songs. They don't have that many guys up on stage. They don't have like a keyboardist or weird folk instrumentalist or whatever. Uh, during the like backing track interludes, you can see the guys just like very quickly like retuning their guitars for the next <laughs> section <Whoa>. of stuff. <laughs> That's that that has to be written into the music basically when you do those changes because if you miss it, you you screw the whole song. Yeah. Oh, uh, that makes sense. There's a lot of tuning they do mid-song, which I, I don't think I've seen. I've seen between songs, absolutely. Mid-song? Mid-song is weird, and I would say not recommended unless you have, like, for example, I have in my basses, I have what's called uh, a detuner, people call it, uh, or a bass extender, which is a little lever that, um, it moves the tuning peg and it just changes the tuning of one of the strings to a preset uh, note. So, like, if you have a tuning standard, you can uh, move the lever and it goes down one step or down one half step, whatever you need. And then if you move it back up, it goes back to where it was. So that's a way to do it in a controlled manner so you can do it mid-song. But if you're actually going and retuning, uh, that that's a bit more, I'd say, dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they like to live dangerously. Mm -hmm. Overall, uh, it was a cool set that I think uh, did a good job, kind of just leading us into uh, to day two here. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was strong too. Evan Berry had a good vocal performance as well. Oh, nice. Featuring Evan Berry. Featuring Evan <laughs> Berry. <laughs> uh, so I see here uh, the next band was Seven Spires, right? Not quite. Oh, no. Uh, uh, right, right before Seven Spires was the band Spectra. Uh, I think they're I think they were the last addition to the to the current lineup. Uh, after, I think it was after Northdale dropped. Mm. They were very quickly added back in. Yeah, Northdale dropped like two months before. Oh, that's close. Yes. Spectra are a 
uh, sort of like like eighties dad rock, uh, melodic hard rock. I think is what they call themselves. A uh, band from Brazil. Uh, that's also produced by Jeff Scott Soto, who will be popping up later. Uh, these guys were a lot of fun. <laughs> their their lead singer looks like he's like inspired his look from Bono, uh, particularly like with his glasses and just like I guess mannerisms. Uh, they, they were real, a lot of fun to watch, though. Uh, it was interesting is so this band had like their keyboardist off in the background. I'm like, oh, that guy looks kind of familiar. I'm like, oh shit. That's Jeff Scott Soto. He's just <laughs> back there playing keyboards. This guy's like supposed to be like a you know he's relatively high profile guy. He's usually like dancing around the front of the stage. He's just kind of chilling back there. He eventually came up and did some vocals. Uh, they did like a deep purple cover uh, towards the end. Oh, which nice, is pretty cool. Yeah. So these guys were a fun time, you know, for all, for all the dads in the audience. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're pretty good. I think. Um, although I missed. Uh, coming I left mid set. I wasn't it didn't grip my attention as much. He seemed a competent singer and I thought that was it was, it was nice rock. So I saw I hadn't seen Soto before because evidently I know nothing. So I, I did see the keyboardist in the back and then when I saw him like, oh that's who he is? Yeah. Far better singer. He's amazing. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it'll be clear uh maybe later on why when they needed like a last minute replacement, why this one was very easy to, to book. <laughs> uh, then that brings us into seven spires was the third band on day two. Now I had just seen seven spires uh, on the dragon force tour very recently. However, they had a teeny tiny little show for me. It was like four songs. So I was really stoked to see them get a proper like hour long set here. And I feel like of the shows that I saw, this is the first one that like really brought the hype. Uh, I was down in the middle of the floor. Um, I had run into some of my friends from Mad With Power and other like, I guess like newer power metal fans there. And all these people, you could tell they're just itching to see Seven Spires. The whole crowd like erupted and is like chanting along with the, the Wanderer's Prayer and like the title track of Gods of Debauchery. I really felt this was one, like one of the first shows where the crowd kind of came alive, at least, at least where I was there. Granted, I haven't missed a couple bands at this point. And also, before the show started, there's this whole apprehension. The, the question on every fan's mind, are they going to bring out Roy Khan for this God is Dead? Because, like, they don't have to, but they totally could, right? But maybe they won't, but maybe they will. Oh, my God, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> because that this guy says the last song in the set uh but everything before that uh like i said this was really awesome to get to see them finally do a full proper show and for as young as seven spires are i feel like they have so much more stage presence and just like raw musical ability than a lot of the other bands that go up there mm -hmm. like they're, they're just so cool like it's like yeah. it'll just be like little things like like Adrian highlighting like uh, Jack or Pete when they do like a like a flourish on with their instruments, or giving like their drummer like a cool drum solo uh, before uh, Christophus. I should I should say his damn name uh, before he goes into uh, the faster song for uh, the Oceans of Time. Uh, they've got a I think a pretty good set list overall as they kind of fluctuate between like the higher energy songs, the the like harsher ones, the more power metal ones. 
Uh, they see have the crowd sing-alongs. You have the more brutal stuff. Uh, it makes for just a really excellent show. Nice. Yeah, I really think that this um, set list shined a lot. Although, there's, I, I think they're, you know, when you're actually crushed for time, just to crunch for time, just to fit it into 60 minutes, even though they're clearly doing shows much shorter than that. Uh, there's still like some of those hits that you can't fit in there. But they could, they could totally know, like, go longer. Like give them a headliner spot somewhere. No, yeah, no, honest, wink, honestly, wink. they they had that potential because what you're absolutely right. By the way, when you're like, you could feel this tangible energy from the crowd. Like, you know, with Wilderun, which I'm a big fan of, it, what the energy wasn't there from the crowd. They I, they clearly weren't getting the same hype. Even though Wilderun's amazing. It just, and when they were on stage, they didn't command the crowd nearly as much as other bands. Actually, I don't think they did very much in terms of just standing there and playing, which is perfectly fine. Which is what and, most of the prog bands do. Yeah. And, and Spectra had at least some more motion, but not as much. But as soon as, as, soon as Seven Spires hit, you could, it was in the air. It was electric. Everyone felt it. And the band felt it was, there was a connection. And you, they, they, they have it better. That's better than like some of the other bands that I saw throughout the whole festival. So having once get once we got to this point and starting to feel that, oh, it was it was good, and they absolutely delivered. That's that's great. I was looking forward to the show, and I didn't even go. <laughs> <laughs> You're just happy for its existence, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Adrian kicked ass too. So. So yeah, amazing. the way that she goes from like, like crazy high, like power metal screams down into like the brutal, like growling, just so quick. Like, is that healthy? I, I yes. assume she's doing an okay she, job she's of doing it. it. She's doing it correctly um, because it, 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 it's not easy and you can do it wrongly and you can cause damage. But she, she's, a, oh, yeah. she's good at what she does. She does everything properly. And and you can tell, and everyone should check it out when she streams on Twitch and uh, she streams the practice sessions before the tours. I guess she won't be doing it now because she's going on on tours now. Um, but when she does it, you, you need to catch it because you get a little look and listen into how she prepares for everything and how she works through the songs and how she works to get to that level of performance consistently. Yeah, I always enjoy yeah. her streams when I manage to catch them. Yeah, and it's not just... See, you have some people who have, like, um, depth on a multiple, like, levels. Like Evan Barry, who had this wonderful, soft, clean voice, but also these powerful harshes. Um, and then you have some people that are, like, are good. They've got a good, soft voice, but a really powerful, clean voice, too. And then you have Adrian, who not only can do, you know, the, like, the softer stuff, like In Sickness and Health, or the powerful stuff like she did in Oceans of Time, but you also have harshes. It's it's not just like they can do they can do both of these things well. There's more than two things. It, it expands out into everything, and that her level of competence in every form of like style of singing just that that's probably the most astounding thing. On at least uh, yeah, uh, from what I've heard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I I, we, I think we harp on a lot Seven Spires a lot, but I I really can't get enough of them. So fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the question Speaking of which, yes, the, the question is, is this God dead? You, you, you bet your ass this God is dead because they, 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 they play their big old chonker of a song. They close the set with it. Uh, you, you could feel everyone around us like, oh, my God, 
the because uh, Roy Kong comes in like a, like a couple minutes into the song on the on the studio version, and lo and behold, at that point in the song, Roy Kong comes out. The crowd erupts. Uh, I I was filming this part on my phone, and you could hear the guy next to me being like, "Oh my fucking god, he's here!" And just everyone's like just freaking out. Uh, like I I hugged the dude next to me. It was uh, it was a magical moment. Uh, shout out to TJ. Yeah. <laughs> when they started playing the song, I accidentally picked up Stella. <laughs> <laughs> well, the must have been great because I assume for a lot of people there, that's their first time um, seeing Can live for in a long, yeah. long time or ever. Or ever for me, yeah. He hasn't performed uh, in the US for what, 12 years? Probably since Camelot. Yeah, I, I'm so, but tw- yeah, 12, 12 years. Is, this is yeah. then. This is his first show back to the U.S. What's happened in twelve years? Don't oh. don't answer that. <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> we, we went we we went from the iPod to the iPhone eleven. I think. <laughs> yeah, we got old. We grew up. Yeah. Uh, with with Roycon coming out and all of the noise of the crowd, I I couldn't tell at first. Like, is his mic off? Or oh, I can't really feel like I hear him. Oh no! Turns out. Yeah, it you know, classic prog power. Uh turns out there was some audio issues with Roy Khan's mic the first like, I don't know, thirty seconds that he was out there. When I was talking to the band after um after the fest that day, they said like they could hear him in their monitors, so they had no idea anything was like wrong. Hmm. It was just like the front of the house like uh. sound stuff was different than the stage monitors. So if you watch the videos on YouTube of this song, uh there's a few from like different angles. You can almost like hear the volume fluctuating in the first however many seconds, and then it kind of gets fixed later on. Uh, so it is a little bit tainted, but you know that's it's live music, and they still did it, and it still basically worked in the end. So fuck it, mm-hmm. it was amazing for me. Having R- Raycon come out was like the moment of the festival for me. It was the same as soon as I saw him. Oh, oh, nice. Roy. Roy's our boy, as they say. That's so great. So such a good thing to to experience, because we've been we've been thinking about that. Like if they were gonna do it since I I mean when did when did Seven Spires got added to the Pro Power? When Seven Spires got announced, I forget it was yeah. months. It was it was months ago. It feels like, like forever yeah. ago. Hey, Roy Cotts was ruined the day after. Yeah. What if? And then like everyone's like. Don't give me hope, but I'm like, yeah. no, yeah. you have to do it. It's the only time they can. Yeah, like, what are the odds of this ever happening again? Roy's, you know, fucking off back to Norway or whatever. Like, Seven Spires yeah. are going back to, like, you know, Boston and Texas and everything. Like, what are the odds they're going to actually get back together for, you know, for Roy to sing for, like, a minute's worth of music? Yeah. Like, it, it, it was this. It was, this was the time. And I, and I can only imagine what it was for them and for Adrian, uh, who are su- who like can and his music and with Camelot and everything, it's such an inspiration to them. And not just oh, yeah. getting to like have him on the track, uh, but also then perform the track live, uh, must have been amazing. Oh yeah, that that's that's one you're never gonna forget. Yeah, absolutely. Great show. Then that's a, such a good thing that happened. Uh, but we. We have like two and a half days more of festival after this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the, the things don't end. It doesn't end here. 
What what did you get after Seven Spires? Did you guys stay for all the bands on first day? Uh, I did. I got some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I saw Pain of Salvation, though. Oh, okay, you saw uh, Pain of Salvation. So, I, I must first preface this with, I, I listened to a few tracks. It's actually back when, uh, oh, back when Ed was still on the Discord. Oof. And initially, I, yeah, I was going to skip this band, but um, a few tracks were picked, and I'm like, okay, I'll listen to them in full. And then later, I'll listen to them in full. I never actually got around to them. So, I'd only heard two or three songs by them. And then they're going to perform the perfect element in full. And I'm like, well, you know what? I heard from a very wise man that sometimes the best way to experience a band is just to hear them live. So uh, I, I, I got close to the festival. I'm like, you know what? We're all going to commit. I'm going to see this whole set. Maybe if it's awful, we'll duck out early. But um, I'm glad I saw them. Uh, Daniel Gildenlow, the vocalist, is incredibly talented. Nice. Like, uh, I, I did not, I did not realize how much uh, he was going to be bringing in, like not just range, but just all, all of the proficiency in his voice and control. It's such an interesting album, too. Uh, in the middle of the set, my partner and I both got our phones to hit like save on of like, don't forget this song. Well, it was the same. It's King of Loss, and we both. I'm like, okay. I'm saving this because I'm listening to the, the shit out of this when I get home. It was a wonderful set. They had a good sense of humor. Uh, Gildenlow's fantastic. And ultimately, that's that's a really good album. And then performing it in full and having that as my first experience of it, I, I can say I'm a fan. I mean, it literally got me to pull out my phone saying, say this, I'm listening to more of this. If, if you, I can't even get an hour into your set before I'm like, I need more of this. No, I mean, I know we've got more time, but I'm going to need more of this. Just the knowledge, the confidence to say like this was good. I mean, that's that that's, that's some that's some good performers, and not only that, but interesting songs too. It's not just the same kind. They had some uh, interesting uh, decisions in some of the songs, but ultimately, I think it gave the album a lot of variety as a result instead of just hey, here's the same song over and over again, which some bands end up doing. Nice. Uh, that's great that it paid off to to go and experience uh, a new band like this. Um, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna check out that album since you talk so highly about it. Yeah, it's very proggy, but it's good. I think anytime a band is like, we're gonna play this album in its entirety, that it's usually, and people are okay with it. It's usually an endorsement. Yeah, <laughs> true. Nice. That's very nice. And then I guess I assume you went back, Kyle, for the next band. According oh, to this. Of course I went back. <laughs> if I didn't, you would have had to, you know, hunt high and low to, to track me <laughs> down, wouldn't you? <laughs> Man, what a headliner to have. Um Stradivarius. And Oh man. Uh, when was the last time? Did you guys ever see Stradivarius before live? No. Never. I, I never seen never. I'm not sure of when the last time they came to the US was. It must have been yeah. long fucking they, they, time ago. They actually made a point that this was like, well, I mean, at the time, it was a U.S. exclusive because Stradivarius had, had had no plans to tour with that album. So who knows the next album, but it seemed that they had, a for the, at least the past couple, they're, they've been avoiding the U.S. possibly due to popularity issues. But, oh, they brought it. Oh, yeah. This was like we talked about Seven Spires being a hype show. Now, this, this was a hype fucking show. Like Stradivarius... When you have these bands who are, you know, legendary status, like pillars of the genre, 
They've been doing this for decades, even with, you know, you know, lineup changes over the years, whatever. Like, these guys know how to do a fucking power metal show. They know what the fans are there for. They know how to control them. They know how to entertain them, know how to engage them. All the the stupid little things like at a concert, the haze, the the woes, having bands or having fans sing along to the melody, extending like the choruses of popular songs. Like how many times do they do like the chorus of like Eagle Heart or Hunting High and Low? I don't know. It was a lot, <laughs> but it was sick. I loved it. Yeah, during during the uh, final Eagle Heart double chorus, they made it a quadruple chorus instead. Oh yeah, yeah because if if the if the if the crowd is going, you don't want to stop them. You you gotta indulge the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you kick off your show with Eagle Heart with a quadruple chorus at <laughs> yeah. the end. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it, 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 was, it was super great, and not only that. Although I did want to hear a little bit more of the recent material, which I love, but they're definitely for different reasons. I'm glad they played one of them, like Shine in the Dark, which I found out is actually co-written by Yanni Limakainen. Uh, um, I didn't know that. Oh, shit. Cool. Yeah. Oh, and now you know, uh, which is like, man, I've always loved this song. So uh, when I looked up that up later, I'm like, aha, because I knew he, he, he co-wrote three songs on that album. And I do wonder on the new album they just announced if he's going to be co-writing on that. But uh, we can get into that another time. But uh, playing one of those was like, all right, thank you for at least a new taste. But a lot of it was basically, you like our old bangers? We're just going to bring all the bangers out. Yeah, I can see here. Like, oh, between yeah. Destiny, Hunting High and Low, Phoenix, Eagle Heart, I mean, Black Diamond, come on. Yeah, I can see here that they posted uh, the the set list in the Power USA Facebook. And it's like banger town, like Eagle Heart, Phoenix, <laughs> Shining in the Dark, Against the Wind. Uh, a bass solo doing Kiss of Jonas. I don't know what that is. Honestly. They actually did the Kiss of Judas too. Uh, they would do like a solo into a song and they right. did like a bass solo in the Kiss of Judas. And then uh, Paradise, 4,000 uh, 4, times, uh, SOS, Destiny, Black Diamond, Forever, Speed of Light, Unbreakable, and Hunting High and Low. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nonstop bangers for like over an hour and a half. It was incredible. Like, and I didn't think they were going to play, like, Destiny. Like, because I'm like, oh, that's kind of a long song. I don't know if they, but they fucking did it. But they have a headliner show. The so. bad lads. Yeah. They have a headliner show. They can do it. And this is, I, I want to, this reminds me, uh, we had a talk about this, at least, like, in 2019. Um, I went to see Strato Varius in 2019. They played Ar- Argentina. They were doing a Latin American tour. And I remember back then, there was talk, general talk, of people saying that, well, Strato Warriors, uh, the vocals are not that good live, or he's not as great, blah, blah, blah. And then I went to see him, and like, those vocals were great. And I was like, Alice, you, you gotta catch Strato Warriors whenever you can, because <laughs> the vocals are working perfectly fine live. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, I, I thought he was pretty good. Here's the weird part. Like, I know I was a little picky back in 2019 during the Prog Power. Uh, when I was like going through all the vocalists, but even the worst vocalist this time had a great performance. So I'm, I'm glad because we had a couple people like last time that I'm like, either they were like pulled in the last second or I don't know. There, there were definitely a couple of mm-hmm. dud performances. We didn't have any duds this time. Timo was still one of my least favorite vocalists, but at the same time, I'm like, oh yeah, he was good. Like I enjoyed it. I don't, I, I. I was thoroughly impressed, although I had higher expectations going in, knowing that, you know, like you said, he's 
he's he's pretty competent and i'm like oh fuck no this was really good it was the, the whole time i wasn't thinking oh ugh, ugh. the whole time i was just thinking oh this is banger 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 and then oh my god that was amazing that's all i was thinking of he and any uh, of those it, thoughts in my head have been dispelled nice great and as far as like watching the actual show like these musicians they make it look so easy like seeing Yen's up there on the keyboards, this dude's a legend in like the power metal scene for <laughs> keyboards. And he's doing these crazy solos. Skin to see him do it live, watching like uh, the solo for the guitar solo for Speed of Light. Well, their guitarist is just making like funny faces at the crowd. It's like, I don't know how they do it, but they do. And it's sick as hell. Watching Yen's just make faces while doing the keyboard solo stuff, or as from someone who plays the keyboard going like, oh my, oh wow, that's so much concentration. It doesn't even look like he's concentrating. It's just happening. Yeah. And that's the best. Uh, that's that's the best to see. The the true professionals there, if you will. <laughs> I love the way they like teased out the intro of Black Diamond, where he like changed it oh. to like that like keyboard sound and then just did like two notes at a time. Just like, <laughs> da da. Just oh, to like get the crowd yeah. going. Changing it to that harpsichord and then doing those, as soon as they, he did that, I'm like, ah! I heard it. I'm like, I know it. I know what they're doing. And oh, there's such a tease. It's beautiful. And what a great show. It sounds like a great show. I know I I am just thinking of my experience with the Strata Weather show back in 2019, which was great. And I'm sure you guys had it just as great, if not better. Yeah, yeah. I, I was right up front for, for the Stradivarius show. And like well, the cool thing about Prague Power is it's you know, it's the quote unquote big festival for the US. But it's still pretty intimate. Even the furthest seat is still closer than like a close person at like a, like a big European festival. So you're pretty much always like quote unquote close to the band. And it's easy to, you know, relatively easy to be, you know, the first couple rows and it really just makes it feel like this special experience. Yeah, definitely. Now that that's, that's great. And it doesn't end there, as we said. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. That was just day two. It was just warming up, <laughs> basically. Uh, because we got day three on Friday. Um, I know this is the one that you are looking for the most, I think, Alice. Um, yep. So tell us. I want to know everything about the show, the Conception show. We got to get to the Conception show. It's not yeah, the next one. Oh really? What's well, the whole? What's well, the whole? They were the headliner. Oh, they were the yeah. headliner. Oh yeah. man, that's great. Okay, so we have like what five bands before? Oh man, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so day day three and four are the longer days. So at this point, you've already had a couple days of shows and partying or whatever, and it just gets harder because instead of starting at like four o'clock, it's starting at like two o'clock. So you're up all night doing shows and partying. You spend all morning sleeping. You force yourself out of bed. You get some breakfast. Boom, you're back in it for the shows. So this is part of what makes Prog Power difficult. Thank God you've got like, you know, a decent amount of time between bands. You've got the seats for, you know, sitting down for, you know, the chiller bands or the ones you're not as hyped for. Uh, so you can kind of, you know, space out your day accordingly. Because, you know, this is when you're starting to get into the thick of it here. And we started off day three with the, the Cyberium, which is uh, sci-fi, uh, prog, dad rock. Uh, they are 
very, very inspired by Rush, I think is fair to say, mm. uh, as they self-admitted to having a song that is 21 minutes and 12 seconds long. <laughs> they had monitors with sci-fi shit on them throughout their show. They had a keyboardist. Uh, I think they're the only keytar of the of the show that I saw, as well as a guy with a spinny keyboard, which I uh, I like the spinny keyboard uh, stage mm-hmm. tactics. Uh, th- these guys were fun. Uh, it was a nice little like way to ease into the day, especially with what comes after uh, to have something a little more chill at first. Uh, I appreciated the uh, the musicianship of this one. Cool. It's a damn shame that our 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 friend Ben, who is a Rush mega fan, the one year he doesn't go to Prague Power is, a, is the year they have a fucking Rush cosplaying band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but such is life, I suppose. Yeah. Stuff doesn't line up all the time, sadly. After the Siberium, that brought us into Aether Realm. The lovely redneck Vikings from North Carolina. Now, we, we've seen Aether Realm before. I've seen them supporting most of the time for other bands. This is my first time seeing them get like a like long-ish set of an hour. And uh, my God, what a contrast <laughs> from the Cyperium. <laughs> Going from chill dad rock to like hardcore mellow death. Let's go. Uh, kicking off with the title track of Redneck Vikings from Hell. And my God, that song is so good as a set opener. Like it is just instant hype, instant high energy. I, I don't know if there's a better like first song. Oh, okay. There's, there might be. It's so hard to compete with that, just because because of the energy it has. Not only that, but like how they they own that song is like, you know, their their own instead of just like, hey, here's a song about like blogs. Like, no, here's a song about us. Yeah. And not only that, it's not only about them, but it's uh, it feels easy to identify with the message of like, doesn't matter where you're from, we can all just have a great time, and it's about having a great time, and it kicks ass. There's just so much about it that just makes it the perfect opener yeah it's not about where you're from or how you're raised it's about if you know how to fucking party and we're here to fucking party yeah yeah and jamal started the pit there again oh yeah there, there was a lot of pitting uh during aether realm i think this was the first like pitting that i saw at the fest there i'm assuming there was some during no, hypocrisy had some big ones. oh excuse me yeah i i Strato had some pig pits going. I was at the front, so I didn't really see it. Black, Black Diamond's pit was like the biggest up until like, um, what was it? Uh, Holy, Holy Thunder, Thunder Force, Force, probably, but that's yeah, getting ahead of ourselves. Holy, I think it was Holy Thunder Force. Jeez, I, that one hit. I, was, I wasn't even close to the pit that I got there, but we can keep on at the room. <laughs> so, yeah, Thank Aether Realm was lit. We, we even got some of the our non-pitting friends to jump in for just a second into the, uh, the Redneck Vikings pit. Nice. That's how special that pit was. <laughs> Uh, shout outs to Eric. <laughs> so one, one of my favorite things about uh, Aether Realm's live performance, just with how uh, charming Jake and the rest of the guys can be, the way, like the fun ways they like lead into their songs. Like like before Guardian, for example, Jake's like, are you ready for a fast song? Yeah, a brutal, heavy song. Yeah, a satanic song. Yeah. Well, this is a slow song about your helping your friends. It's like, all right, we're gonna do that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was great. They're, they're yeah. really they're good. They're good stage stage folk too. They, they're incredible performers. They know how to set things up. And Jake does so much like jumping and spinning around while you know right? slapping the bass and 
flipping his hair everywhere. Yeah, it, it, it makes it fun to watch. <laughs> Ran into Jake at the, the after party and his voice was like gone <laughs> that day. Oh, man. And his birthday was the next day, which is cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have the same birthday. Yay. Which is also cute. The speaking of cute, uh, so during Guardian, the uh, aforementioned uh, song about uh, being with your friends, uh, there was like a big line of what, like nearly twenty guys strong, all you know, their arms around each other, headbanging in slow unison <laughs> to the uh, <laughs> to Guardian. Uh, it was it was beautiful. I was there. Nice. Oh, there was also some. Uh, there was uh, the rowing pit at one point during this. Was that the only bit of rowing? on the ground that we got during the whole fest? Um, I think, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention to the rowing. There was rowing, I was there. Uh, <laughs> even the, they're, they're Viking themed, I guess, and so, fuck it, do the rowing thing, because metal, Run, it's, it's weird. It's, People are so weird, they are. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go with it, just go with it, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I think Aetherrealm, unfortunately, was the first set of like, somewhat significant tech issues um yeah. i believe the chariot got cut a little short and then uh during one of their like in between times they kind of had to uh lose a few minutes from uh from tech issues as they kind of reset things uh they did uh i think it was a bit of an impromptu drum solo from their drummer tyler just to, to fill some time uh props to him uh, another fun bit of Aether Realmness was uh, towards the end. They're like, "All right, we've got time for four more songs, so we're gonna play one." <laughs> Here's the sun, the moon, the star, which oh, is like nice. a fucking like it's like a twenty minute or some fuck off crazy length yeah. song. They did have to cut a couple minutes uh, of like interlude stuff in the middle because of the uh, yeah. They, they 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 all they had to do was bounce the backtrack. They because they have a they have a part where it really fades out and they build it back up, but it's real. They just cut like two minutes of backtrack. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to still claim that I saw basically saw the song in full. So close yeah. enough. Close enough. So after Aether Realm brought us into Witherfall, which is a, uh, I guess, proggy, sometimes mellow deathy style band. Uh, they had just headlined uh, part of hyperspace and I wasn't really stoked on them during hyperspace. Uh, I feel like by the time that that show happened, everyone was just kind of dead and or drunk. Uh, this being in the middle of the day, a little more optimally placed. Uh, I was just sitting down for this one. I had to, you know, catch my breath after fucking Aether Realm. Uh, and I thought they were fine. Uh, I still haven't come around to really loving Witherfall's live performance, but that's just me. Maybe I'm weird. No, as, as live performers, I thought it was, I mean, they, they were fine. Uh, I think just Michael is a fantastic vocalist. He did a good job. But overall, I do think the music doesn't lend itself to be very like explosive live like there's some bands that can just like blow shit up because like you know when black diamond starts playing you can't just sit still no but a lot of their songs like they played nobody sleeps here which i'm glad they did and it was great but i almost i know it wasn't like get out of my chair great and their music like sad boy prog stuff it's sad boy it's prog. great i love it Super enjoyable, doesn't lend itself to an amazing live experience. They did a good job. <clears throat> I mean, that's the thing. They did everything so well outside of the the late start, and they had to cut a song. But um, so they had late start, they had to cut a song, and then even then, they performed everything very well. They did great. But the songs that they write don't lend itself to 
all that energy that you'd want from a live performance. So the songwriting kind of is the what's holding them back from a great live show. Um, even though studio and like listening to the albums, at least from my own experience, I thoroughly enjoy them immensely. But I did feel like the there, there's something lacking in their live stuff as a result of the songwriting. Yeah, I, I feel like they just I never quite have like clicked with their vibe like the two times that I've seen them live. And I don't know if it's just like it's always poor context where like they have a really cool band right before them. Uh, so may, maybe yeah, one I, day, maybe one day I'll maybe one. Day I don't I'll know. Play. There was an off color comment about like, uh, glad no one in the band got me too. <laughs> Are they at risk yeah. of being me too? Yeah, I, 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 I worry that they might have some possible Finn burgers in there, but I don't have any proof. So, uh, but yeah, that just just saying that in the middle of a performance, I'm like, come on, dude, don't you don't want that? That's that's how, that's how you kill a buzz. Yeah, that's not that's not great to do, honestly. Which is why we went and got pizza <laughs> after yeah, this after, band. After that, I had to duck out. So yeah, we we miss the Jason Beeler and the J- Baron von Bielski Orchestra. Um, I have no idea what that is. It sounds special. Uh, I, I played some bits for because I, I don't like to reject bands for my group, the Team Ohio, and say like, "Hey, we're skipping this band." So I'm like, "Hey, I've elected that this might be a good dinner spot, but I'll play a couple songs and see if this changes your mind." And um, the top two songs on Spotify swayed no people. They didn't think it was bad. They were just like, "Yeah, the not not worth." Uh, although I could understand some people who this would fit better it just didn't suit what we like to hear in a song mm, so mm. it so- sounded like from the, the crowd that they were really into it so i appreciate that on the prog power website it says band members jason beeler all the things and that's it so oh, whoa. <laughs> this, this jason guy sounds uh, very talented however i was hungry and yeah that, that's kind of the way prog power goes is like pretty much every day you're gonna sacrifice a band for dinner yeah. yeah because it's a long day and they let oh, you yeah. go out and bike in uh which some festivals don't do that so this is that's pretty cool of them yeah and then there's a lot of pretty easily accessible food in the area uh here let's let's take a break before conception to talk about food so uh the the, the number one cultural center of all midtown georgia atlanta is whole foods now, th- this was a new addition in tw- the 2019 version of the festival, and we I think we might have talked about it a little bit there, but man, this gigantic fucking Whole Foods that's like a 10-minute walk from the venue just has every fucking food you could want as like a quick service thing. They got pizza, they've got a bar, we we're chilling with the dude there again, beer and wine and whatnot, anything you can want, like, you want like jerk chicken, you want pizza, you want sandwiches, you want like uh fried stuff you want like a salad bar like whatever you want go to whole foods bezos has got your fucking back apparently all your festival needs i've never seen a whole foods is fucking massive yeah that that's actually ended up where i ended up getting fabio and lucas the selfie with them uh, yeah we wanted to stop between that on day four yeah like connected to the whole foods is a place called farm burger which uh pretty decent burger spot Great for running into band members, apparently. Nice. That's also one of the coolest things about this festival is that 
uh, you get to mingle with all the fans and also with all the bands that stick around to see some shows or are just hanging around the venue and around the city yeah like i was talking to a guy who's like oh yeah i wiped down on my bird scooter in front of roy Khan and adrian cowan that's uh, a great <laughs> feeling <laughs> uh then what else we got uh oh i finally went to the silver skillet uh breakfast place which i've seen shouted out like every time we've gone to the fest uh i was there and seven spires was there so you know high endorsement uh I think I had probably the best like breakfast ham I've ever had in my life there, along with some uh, wonderful eggs and biscuits and gravy. Uh, yeah, it was totally worth it finally going to that place. Uh, I think the closest food place to the venue these days is Da Vinci's Pizza, which was just yeah. always full of metalheads every time I walked by it the whole time I was there. They didn't have the yeah. food in the venue this time, so just, I guess, if you want pizza, you go just boom right there. Like a block down. Vintage Pizza also had all of At the Realm and then Ty from Lords of the Trident when I went there. <laughs> oh yeah, Ty was uh, really advertising uh, Mad with Power while we were there, which which makes sense. Uh, it looks like they just he just posted that they had like a rush of ticket sales like today, so I'm guessing it's all the people who like yeah. went to Pride Power and like. I'm sad because I really wanted to go, and I realized it kind of coincides with Toledo Pride, so I can't. I'm unable to go this year, but maybe we'll see like next year. I've heard. He's really hyped about the lineup next year, so I'll see if I can put that into the schedule. And they're increasing the size next year, so is what the word is. Oh, yeah, huge. What is that? The venue is like 2,400 max next year? Yeah, it's like doubling in size, or at least. Or something. Oh, n- nice. That's very nice for that. Yeah, I think they, they sell out pretty quick every year, so <laughs> fuck it, I guess. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, but getting back to Prog Power, the actual music. Uh, we had Jeff Scott Soto performing a Queen tribute set, uh, which I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. Why are they doing that? And Jeff Scott Soto, uh, said on stage of like, why are we doing a Queen set? Well, because we want to like, well, okay. (laughs) Uh, Jeff is a, like, okay, turn, well, okay. Hot take Queen made some pretty good music. I know. I know hot take <laughs> and then jeff is a pretty charismatic front man so i'm like okay whatever the fuck this is is it's probably going to be a good show so i'm just gonna grab a beer sit down and enjoy this good time and you know what it was pretty cool because they they played a lot of queen songs some some of the popular ones and some deeper cuts and they kind of played around with the style a bit with some of them like there was like a, a country one there was like a soul like take on a song uh on top some were kind of like more upbeat and not exactly more metal but uh not just they like an old school rock metalized band. we will rock you more oh yeah well he like fucking because it's jeff scott soto he like starts the show like in the audience like all just mysteriously while doing like a metalized version of we will rock you <laughs> yeah so yeah. like just from the very get-go this show is just fuck it <laughs> you know they're gonna have fun and it makes for a very entertaining a show. Very, nice. very fun performance. Yes. So the so the earlier uh, performance we talked about was Spectra featuring Jeff Scott Soto. Well, this was Jeff Scott Soto featuring Spectra. The whole backing band was Spectra, which is what made it kind of very easy for them <laughs> to, I guess, do it the other way around when they needed another band real fucking quick. Because I guess you know Jeff's got their back. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not the first time this something similar happens because when we went in 2018 
uh, I don't remember which band it was, but uh, one of the bands uh, had had to cancel due to visa issues really close to the date. And Jeff Scott, Scott Soto with uh, his super prog rock band, uh, Sons of Apollo, filled in the gap because they just happened to, they were on tour and they were able to like add one, do one stop in Atlanta for that day to play the show and fill up the gap in prog power. <laughs> yeah, and they did something similar to the, the Sons of Apollo show on this one where Jeff does the like, echoing microphone harmonize with himself thing oh yeah that, which that, is that's really his cool thing. that's his thing God, yeah, and, that and was it's so amazing so cool. uh i i not heard of that i was not expecting it but that all i was thinking was like wow this is and it went on for a while but i didn't care because it was so fun it's so good he 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 really commands yeah. those pipes and he can do all those crazy i have things. him in my top four for vocal performances for this year so here in the spot. Nice. So that brings us into the headliner for day three. Conception. Conception, if you will. <laughs> because this is Roy Khan's big old prog band that he had before Camelot and then also after Camelot. And I was really interested to see where this might go. Because like I'm not a huge fan of Conception's music, but I'm like, well, shit, it's Roy Khan. I gotta see this guy fucking live, and more than just like you know the minute that he did with Seven Spires, as cool as that was. And uh, turns out Roy Khan can sing pretty darn good. Yeah, I I actually thought because because I I had seen him and I remember uh, the last time the last time I had seen him live, which was a uh, part of their I think Great Pandemonium tour or Poetry for the I think it was called Great Pandemonium. Anyway. It was like, I think 2009 or 2010. And it's vividly burned in my brain because uh, it was like, I didn't realize how important that was going to be because I wasn't going to see him for such a long time. Actually, I thought that was going to be his last performance ever, period. But seeing him back again, I think he got better. Like, I, 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 no, I'm not even kidding. Like, because I was expecting like, okay, so I know they changed the key of Roll the Fire and maybe a couple others. I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but holy crap, they, uh, it was, he was amazing. His, uh, ability to go between the, uh, the full voice into the very light, airy falsetto to, you know, some of the deeper sounds and, oh my goodness, it was just, it was a masterpiece. I was, I, I already knew he was good live because every time I'd, I'd never miss it whenever he comes, come live, I'd be like, we have to go, we have to go. And I forgot how good that was like I, I i knew it i'd see here like you know recordings but there's just something about being there experiencing it and i mean who knows maybe he didn't get better maybe he did but i was thoroughly impressed i couldn't i i was i was in awe the whole set it was wonderful yeah the, as far as nice. like the actual performance uh the conception guys are very talented musicians i i wish their music was just a little more exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think I saw a single person headbang this whole set, uh, which gives you an idea. I, I think like songs like Feather Moves really probably should have been cut. They're nice to listen to, but in a live setting, it reminds me of like the whole, the Nightwish thing where um, 
Nightwish has a wonderful discography of amazing songs, but sometimes they, sometimes, almost all the time, or maybe every time, I don't know, they're really good at putting together set lists that just have either, they're missed some things that were important towards like they ruined the flow or why did you pick this song? And I think Conception had some problem picking the right songs for a live performance. Even though you're like, well, even if they're mm. lower energy, they did the acoustic, um, they did two acoustic songs in a row. And that's about as low energy as you can get. Yeah, it was like a whole and acoustic those, like, portion because they like brought out yeah. the guitars, the fucking like stool to like have the drummer tap on and like the whole nine yards. Yeah, that was amazing. So, but it's it's hard to also have that low energy acoustic thing and then also have that low energy two minute outro song where Roy Khan just walks off the stage for two minutes. And I, I know Conception is a whole band, but anytime where you just have the people walking off and it's different if it's like blasting a guitar solo, that's cool. But it's just kind of a, a gentle fade as the song moves feather moves into nothing and great song. Doesn't mm. translate live. Overall, the set was, in my opinion, really good. But there were a couple of choices that I think they could have improved upon for their uh, song picks. Yeah, and and they don't do yeah. much to like really get the crowd going. I would say they're just kind of yeah. there to play their music and have a good time, which is which is you know fine and all. But like Roy would usually just like go off stage during the solos, and you know they're you know they're great, pretty good solos. They're good musicians. But it's not like they're doing much to really run around and get you hyped up. When you can, when you compare them with the headliners of the previous day or the following day, granted, very different styles of music, and those headliners appeal more to my, you know, obviously superior sensibilities. <laughs> but but uh, it just it just makes for very interesting contrast. And I, I wonder what what goes through the head of like the super big prog nerds at the festival who are like. You know, their you know, their their brain is expanding while they're watching this their set. But then, you know, the next day Rhapsody comes on and they're like, No, this is too exciting. I can't deal with this. <laughs> I, I I'm glad they had um some there there were some songs that they played that were uh good throwbacks. I, I think they leaned a little heavily on the new material, which I uh I really enjoy, but I feel like some of their best songs are I the some of their best songs were made before Roy Khan joined Camelot. So there's that's what I mean by old stuff. Uh, so like pre-Camelot, basically. Yeah, pre-Camelot is pretty old, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but they are, uh, but like they, they have some songs on like "In Your Multitude" and "Parallel Minds" that are so good, and they played. I I don't know three songs from those two albums combined. I think I'd have to check the set list again. They at least played "Roll the Fire," but they recently redid that. That's what they closed with. What it's really great. So I'm glad they at least gave us that. Oh God, that's so good. They also brought out uh, Adrian Cowan for a couple of songs. Oh yeah, uh, Procedure Good. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, and the uh, what was it? During some of the acoustic stuff, and then also some of the non-acoustic stuff. Having her mm -hmm. duet with Roy. Their voices really work well together. It's so sick. So, I, I liked having like the whole you know you know we scratch your back, you scratch ours thing. Just uh, good vibes, you know, very wholesome. Very. That's that's great, and that that's like doubling down from what we said before. It's like you got 
she got to to have her hero and main musical influence from what we've all seen um not only play together in Harriset, but then she got invited to play with them and perform their songs. This is like, man, yeah. that that's so so good. I'm so happy for for her. I'm, I'm trying to imagine. I'm trying this. to imagine her feeling when she was asked to be like, "Hey, uh, it, she dragoon," which I, I off their new album, I think is their best song, and it's one of the best choruses they've ever written. They're like, "Hey, during the last chorus, we have this." Uh, female voice singing harmony, a counter melody with the um, Roy as we add a, they add another layer to it. So that all of it's going on at once, which is wonderful. And they're like, can you sing that for us? Could you imagine that feeling? That yeah. Ah, that's so great. I, it's great. It's great to see that this band that we like so much that so inspires is like getting all these things, all these boxes checked. Right. And okay. getting uh, getting more well-known and getting all these very special shows, special sets and all these things. It, it, it's so great. Oh, I forgot to mention during the, the Seven Spires portion. So before the set, uh, there were some dudes going around handing out like little like electric candles to like have people hold up during like the uh, like ballads or the like let me be your light oh, really? uh, portions of songs ah that, that's so yeah. cool and then <laughs> i i think i kept mine yeah i uh i brought it the next couple of days of the uh the fest to use during ballads and stuff so just little things like that it like they have a lot going for them these folks there's a lot of hype for them a lot of people wearing their shirts i think having like the big nationwide tour with a high profile band you know a month before this definitely uh, led into this very well for them. Yep. This is excellent. Excellent. Yes. And speaking of excellence, uh, I think day three is when the Artmore after party was probably the most poppin'. Uh, well, it, it definitely helps that Conception said, oh yeah, we'll stop by there. Because then everyone's like, oh shit, we can say hi to the Conception guys. We can say hi to Roy Khan. And uh, they were there eventually. Uh, so we yeah. got, I hung out with them for a bit. Nice guys. It, it's such a weird feeling to like, you know, I've been drinking for a bit. Oh, I'm going to go hit the bathroom. All right. I come back out of the bathroom into the courtyard. Just sitting there on a couch is Roy fucking con. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so I, I, I pop a seat next to him like, oh yeah, thanks man. That was such a great show. Blah, blah, blah. Can I get a picture? Oh my God, it's Roy con. <laughs> so, uh, that's what it's such a cool thing about this festival. Like the cool people and the cool bands, they're just right there. Go say hi. Yeah, I, from, I, I, was, I remember seeing him and I just like, I ran up to him because I like the whole crowd hadn't quite ambushed him at the start yet. I saw you and Stephanie yeah. like booking it at one point. I assumed that was. I, I had to grab her. I, fa I found him first and I, I grabbed Stephanie later, but like, uh, it, it was just so weird. It, it was like, I, I was like trying to think of what to say outside of just like, you know, thank you for like blah blah. And I mean, just talk, talking about like his whole, just everything he's done to contribute to the scene. Just make sure that you know everything he he's done is like known and just how how it's very much appreciated. And he seems pretty wholesome and humble. I'm gonna be honest; he doesn't have like the whole like rock star personality. He just seemed to he seemed like a very chill person. Yeah, I, I thanked him for doing the, the bit with Seven Spires. 
and he basically just started talking about how amazing and talented they are. So very he, nice guy, it seemed like. He 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 did say he he did talk about Adrian a bit because Adrian was like two feet from me uh, when I was badgering Khan, and <laughs> I, I meant like thank. You how did you even like, like you know handle that situation? You're surrounded by uh, all these people. Uh, and I went over to Adrian, and she recognized me from the Discord because I like posted something earlier because oh, I'm nice. used to like. Yeah, because I'm used to being like the, hey, I know you, can I get a selfie with you? And I went up to her and I was about to say something. He's like, hey, you just joined the, my Discord thing. I'm like, oh, I was not ready what? for this. You turned this on me. Uno reverse. <laughs> she's fantastic. She's, she's a wonderful person. Yeah, I uh, I didn't talk to her at all that night, um, but I, I did catch her briefly the next night. And uh, just for a quick, like, hi, thank you, picture, yada, yada, yada. Seemed very nice. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, as alluded to in the the fell omen earlier, uh, during the karaoke at the Artmore, uh, my buddy Justin and I uh, did Man of War's Battle Him at like I don't know three thirty in the morning after too many beers. <laughs> uh, so you can imagine how wonderfully that went. Oh man! Uh, I think we might have scared some people, but you know it's fine. It's such a long song. I forgot how long it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it goes does. on forever. I can only imagine, especially being everyone completely drunk at 3 a.m., some people like crashing already from the whole day, all the shows and everything, and these guys are going on and, oh, and this song, oh, and then it goes slower, and then it goes fast again, and then the drums drop out, and then the clean guitars, and the new section, and then it goes on and on. Just the and kill, <laughs> kill, ha, ha, ha. Oh, you should do that like a million fucking times. Oh my god! Like I'm not gonna say it was a mistake, but you know, it happened. Uh, it happened. Oh my god! Also talked to a Taylor from Paladin for a little bit. Uh, he's a cool guy. Oh yeah, caught up with him a little bit. Uh, sounds like New Paladin is still a little uh, ways off, but New Theocracy is pretty much done and is just being like shopped around for like labels and release bullshit as is tradition these days oh, that's cool yeah taylor taylor i think he said all of the solos on that album so it should be a uh, pretty ripping oh i love it that's exciting nice nice yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that i'm really looking forward yeah. to to the next video oh, yeah, sure. i like the last two so this one I, i'll probably enjoy someone made uh aether realm mead I was just about to say that we were on the same wavelength. Oh Did you try God. it? Uh, I had like a sip of it. Uh, it was oh, good. I, I, it was. It got some spice to it. It also might have dreadfully fucked up me and Neb. <laughs> oh, I was drinking it. Didn't dreadfully fuck. Oh, I. I mean, I was pretty buzzed. I look like cocaine on my selfie with uh, Roy. My <laughs> eyes are so wide. <laughs> I'm like, but I, I was like, I, I ordered some rum and some other like this other beverage earlier, and then. And Jamal's like, hey, I've got too many beers. Hold this. So I drank some of his beer, and then I tried some of the Etherrealm mead. It's 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 a methaglin. If I we probably don't have a lot of fans that are like, what type of mead is it? I want to know what Etherbelly is. But it's it's a it's a very interesting, very spicy methaglin. And speaking of Aetherrealm, there was a guy at the fest who was in Jake from Aetherrealm <laughs> cosplay. Like literally, like the same, the same paladin <laughs> shirt, the same flannel, like hat, hair, like necklace, the whole everything. I it saw was like three incredible. times. They're like, oh, it's no, it's not. 
Yeah. Fake Jake. He was a real nice guy. I was talking to him for a while. I, I don't think I ever got his real name. Uh, he was just fake Jake to me the whole night. Yeah. But he was really he cool. He'll forever be known as fake Jake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another little bit of like wholesome solidarity. So Jake from Aether Realm was wearing a Paladin shirt and Taylor from Paladin was wearing an Aether Realm shirt. And I don't <laughs> think they planned it. That's wonderful. <laughs> so, so shout outs to your wonderful. Southern metal bands. All right. So that brings us to day four. And I was hung over as shit this day. I, I think like the hangover from all the nonsense in IFA four plus, I don't know, the man of war and uh, maybe a bit of the, the prog power plague probably getting to me in the early stages there too. Made me feel like absolute trash this day. Uh, I blamed it on my uh, cursed double get in shirt on Twitter and I'm just going to stick by that. <laughs> Should have grafted it onto my body apparently. But I did manage to come by and catch about half of the first set for the day, which was uh, Ari is it A Arion? 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 I'm never sure how to say their name and make it distinct. I would say Arion. And make it distinct from Arion, the Arion Lucasin thing. So Arion, I'm going to go with that. Uh, uh, melodic uh, power metal band, I think, from Finland. I was looking forward to this. Uh, I think they're a pretty solid band as far as studio stuff goes. But my god, they were really fucking good live. Uh, I thought they were much better than studio stuff. Uh, I love just like the, the the heavy keyboard sound that they use on this. It's just it seemed like every song was just crazy fast shredding. Uh, if I wasn't literally dying, I think I would have loved this set even more. I actually had plans to go to this, but um, uh, like it, you know, we went to the art more, and then it was suddenly we walked back, and it was almost three in the morning when we got back. I was, then I'm like, I I forgot to take my medicine earlier in the day, so I had to like take that with food. So I like ate it up some food, drank a bunch of water to make sure I wasn't hungover, and then a bunch of time had passed. So by the time I got up, it was like, you have to shower and get to there in 45 minutes. And I'm like, that's not happening. So I'm sad I missed them because that was that was one of the ones where I'm like, hey group, do we want to go see them? Because I think this could be a good show. And, we were all dead collectively. Yeah, this is where the like the long festival kind of you know can bite you in the ass. Yeah, mm. but I'm glad I at least got to see see part of the set. I'm pretty sure it was their North American debut as well. I don't think they had played there before. You know, common thing to happen at Prague Power. Mm -hmm. uh, shout outs to all the guys that I cut in line at the bathroom after our Rion set, as I was not feeling well, and uh -huh. I had to. Uh, do some you know drastic emergency measures there uh, but nobody got pissed at me as far as i could see granted i was beyond caring at that point uh, so thank you to the kind people of prog power in my time of need and justin and eric for bringing me whole foods gatorade for you know the slight rallying i needed to do there speaking of thanking people the next band is thank you scientist uh which i think is like a very strange prog band with like Lots of like brass and other uh, neat little things there. I planned to see this show, but passed the fuck out. Uh, so I missed it. I had also planned. We were still in travel. We actually, um, by the time we got there, it was 10 minutes before Riot. So we ended up missing this as well. I heard really good things about the Thank You Scientist set from the people who were there. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the couple people that I spoke with that thought. 
I spoke very highly of it. So um, maybe I'll give them another shot. I didn't listen to them very much because the first time I was listening to them, I was like, well, this is fucking weird. It's, it was so out there that I was like, this is, I'm not in the mood for this. Yeah. It really, I don't know if I'll ever be in the mood for it because it's so strange, but um, it's at least interesting because the worst thing you can be is boring, but at least interesting, but maybe, maybe there'll be a time where I have the headspace for it. <laughs> yeah, and like they have like violin, sax, and trumpet, I think all on stage <laughs> as part of this show. So like they're from the U.S., so higher probability of being able to see them at some point. So yeah. I'll make do. So thank you for understanding. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a real riot, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yes, this brings us into, you know, True Steel Metal Band Riot, uh, as they uh, followed up. Thank you, scientists. Another set that I had planned to see, uh, I was still passed out. I consider that an acceptable loss, as I had just seen Riot at Hell's Heroes, and they, you know, fucking tore it up there, and I heard that they were fucking great at, at Prog Power as well. Turns out, uh, True Steel uh, is eternal. They, they, they were good. Um, I, I enjoyed or, uh, was it, is it Michael Todd Howard their singer now? Um, he did a good job. Um, the band was, I mean, you you get what you expect. They, they, you didn't get much more than that because you, you really know what Riot is. They're like, we're going to play old school style metal and if you're into that, you're going to be into it. Uh, my partner wasn't super into it, but once they started playing Thunder Steel, she still wasn't into it. But I was, holy crap. So your partner's a poser. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she is. And uh, we have to live with that. But uh, Thunder <laughs> Steel, man. Oh, I'm so glad they played that. And there, there's a handful of other uh, tracks they played that I thoroughly enjoy. But that, it's still, there's something about that that harkens back to all that nostalgia where I'm like, holy shit, this kicks ass. And being able to experience it live, absolutely worth it. It was fantastic. Excellent. That brings us into Ray Alder, a person I had not heard of, uh, and also missed this show as well. I also missed them because I left to go to, yeah, he's um, part of Faith's Warning. That's the only thing I knew about him. Oh, people That's love Faith's like... Warning. <laughs> people. Yeah, people do. Uh, but I, I had to flee because I'm like, we have... I had I had only eaten before, and then we were like recovering, and then we're like, all right, it's, it's time, let's go to riot, and then like, okay, if we don't eat now, we're not going to eat till after midnight, because I wanted to see Eson. We don't have enough time between Eson to miss any rhapsody because we want to get. There's just no time, so we're going to leave for Ray Alder. That's when I found Fabio, Luca, Alex, and uh, Dominique. At getting a burger just at the uh, farm burger in, in Whole Foods. Jesus Christ. That's the <laughs> so spot. Couple, I'm telling you, it's the it, cultural center. It is. So that's, I got a couple selfies there, enjoyed that, but then came back for Eastside. Yeah, I was, I think, eating a sandwich during Realtor. Uh, you know, when you, when you got like that, like seven o'clock ish set, you really run the risk of being skipped for dinner. Yeah. So it goes. But that brings us to Isan. Mr. Norwegian black metal proggy boy. Yeah, he had a interesting set. Did you were you there for that? Yes, uh, I, w- I was just sitting down for the set. It, w- it was definitely interesting. It started off kind of just like really slow and chill, uh, but then they got into some like 
pretty like brutal, intense, like mellow deathy stuff. At one point, there's blast beats for like what felt like several minutes straight. So there was a lot going on with this set. Oh yeah, uh huh. There's um, what was there? There's the, that they had a recent, semi-recent. It's not recent. Oh, it's like ages ago now, isn't it? Don't date yourself. Arctis, Arctis. Yeah, uh huh. No, I was going to say, like, it felt like it's new, and then I realized it's 2016. Yeah, time time screwed up now. Anyway, once they started busting out those bangers, I was like, alright, because they, they started it so slow. And then during, um, what was it? Uh, I forget the name. It was after... No, it's the, it the, the 2018 album. Anyway, after the, after the they, they screwed up, no, they screwed up. The power went out during the set. Yeah, they had the most technical issues of any band that I saw, I think, which was very unfortunate because like there were like a few songs into like their faster stuff, and it's like, all right, let's go. Never mind. Yeah, it was Arcana Imperi. That's the song I'm thinking of. So they're in the middle of that song, which was my favorite, the one I was most looking forward to, and then it dies, and they have to stop, and I'm like, oh no. So they're like, all right, we'll pick it up from here, and I'm like, please don't skip to the next song, but they. They started that one over, and I got it. And thank goodness, because I was, especially after that break, you needed something like that to bring people back, because people, people were so uh, disconnected from the performance after the they're trying to fix the power issues. That you you needed something like that to like punch people in the teeth. So uh, yes, it was great. Um, I love that. I, I think they finished strong, but. I do think the first three songs that you need to start with something stronger, but outside of that, it was uh, fantastic. Yeah. I didn't think they needed to start with as many like slow songs as they did. Uh, yeah. It just felt like kind of unnecessary compared to where we ended up later. Uh, I appreciated right. the a couple of covers that they did towards the end as well. Got uh, an Iron Maiden cover in there. Iron Maiden cover of Wrathchild. Yeah. With the harshest. Which yeah, is Iron Maiden really with cool. Harshes. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I think when you can take like a classic song like that and then really put a unique spin on it, uh, it does like that extra little bit of coolness. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of coolness, the headliner for the entire festival was up next to really Leone Rhapsody. Like, these guys are legends in power metal. One of my absolute favorite bands ever. I didn't think I was ever going to get to see them fucking live. But here they are. They were here, and they're like, all right, we're going to do a set list full of old school bangers. I'm like, my God, this is amazing. Huh. Finally. They finally. Lead. You finally yeah, we got finally it. We finally got it. They lead so much on Symphony of Enchanted Lands and Dawn of Victory. They that. did so much Symphony of Enchanted Lands. It was sick. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved it so much, though. Huh. I, I, I want to mention... We we have a picture of the set list that one of our friends caught, and it 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 explicitly states um, in the set list that there's 80 minutes and 42 seconds of effective music, plus two minutes and 20 seconds of end credits, so around 90 minutes of the full Rhapsody experience. And it's just yeah. the farewell tour. <laughs> you uh, you got the farewell tour. That's the set list. It says it's from the 20th anniversary farewell tour of Rhapsody. So you got all the classics. There's you, you didn't get a single no, new song. Was, so you didn't actually 
you didn't see Turili Leone Rhapsody. We saw Rhapsody. You watched all oh, yeah. Rhapsody. Like, I like yeah. Zero Gravity, but with this, there was zero, zero gravity. So you might say <laughs> there was a lot of gravity to the situation. I'm sorry. Yeah. Actually, wait, no, no, I'm no. not. <laughs> Very bad. But... They 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 did <laughs> oh god, but they they did a really great job because I although I did want to hear some stuff from Zero Gravity, it's it would be it's it's different if they wanted to like pick some deeper cuts, but they're like no, we're gonna cut all the Zero Gravity stuff and just you know like do the farewell tour, which is basically just hey, do you like our hits, the stuff that everyone played the shit out of? That's all we're doing, and so, it's so yeah, fun. thank you. Rossi. Like the crowd was just so fucking loud during this set. It's one of those where people know and love these songs for so many years. Like they're going to sing every line at the top of their lungs. They're going to like sing along to like the melodies of uh, like, like all the different little guitar bits and all the keyboard bits, the, the choral bits, everything. Crowd is going nuts. Pit is popping the fuck off during like you know, the night. Right. Oh, yeah. What I Rachel, Stephanie, and I were actually pretty close to the front. We we got up there at like a decent angle on like the front right side, not directly the front, so we were like out of the way. Um, during Holy Thunder Force, a person for me out of the way hit me, and then I dominoed into both of them because the pit had somehow spread so big at the start of that. That it got all the way up to there, and Stephanie and Rachel could have possibly fallen into someone just one person behind the um, the rail. So I'm like, this is this got so close to the rail that I was like, how the hell? Which is why I think Holy Thunder Force clearly it was it was that or Donovan. I'm pretty sure it's Holy Thunder Force. It wasn't the first song; it was later. But I'm pretty sure that was the song that got the biggest pit I've ever seen in that festival. So I'm like, oh my goodness! I'm like, I need to scooch over this way. And wow, I mean, it was absolutely worth it. That was the whole performance of Rhapsody, just like their, their choice of set list. Obviously, they prepared the farewell tour so well, but Fabio nailed it. And I loved, I having not heard him do the, um, what was what's that? Something, Platera, the, the little. Conte yeah, Partido. Oh, it was beautiful. He did such an amazing. Yeah, like uh, Fabio, I had seen him with the Angra set, but I think he really shines more on these songs because, like, these are Fabio's fucking songs. He's not just inheriting oh, yeah. these from, uh, from Edu yeah. or Andre. You know, God bless. Yeah, I love how much energy the Rhapsody guys have. Like, like they're kind of up there in age, but they're still running around the stage, like doing all the the crazy guitar moves. They're all like interacting with each other and fucking around. It's similar to the Stradivarius side of things where it's like, okay, these guys know what the fuck they're doing. They can make this look easy and while just being super hype about the whole thing. Luca's smiling the whole time while just doing crazy guitar shit because he's fucking Luca Torelli. Uh-huh. They are not that old. They look older, but um, Luca is How old 50. is their second guitarist? Because he, I think he looks the oldest. Um, he just it might just be the gray hair. Um, that's uh, Gares, um, no, no, Gares is their bassist, and it's Dominic. Yeah, yeah I think I think the bass, yeah, Dominic. Hold on, how was the spelling? Le... Oh, 
I'm just going to look at Rob He's 57. <laughs> 57. French guitarist. Yeah. I, uh, so th they are not that old, all things considered, in the genre. They, they are not really old people. Uh, yeah, Dom Dominic definitely looks old, they, old, but he's not old. Dominic looks older. He he looks older, but he he's like the one that that isn't like super. Um, this is my look, and I'm keeping it perfectly in a way. Like because Luca and Fabio have looked the same for the past twenty <laughs> years. I think <laughs> they they try real hard. I guess the, these bands are around like my parents' age, so it's like if my parents were crazy power metal people, this is what they would be. Which which I guess okay, maybe it's not that old. Because I would because if you think about it, like I'm sure there there are people that in some of these previous bands that we mentioned that are older than that, um, and there are people in metal today that are yeah, in their you've 60s got like fucking and, Halford and, and still doing. Yeah, Jens is fifty eight. God, he looks yeah. eighty eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, Halford seventy, also an impressive performance. When I saw him, so mm -hmm. seventy years old, yeah. So that's that's old. All that. Yeah, I would I would say I wouldn't call anyone old in this business until they are in their seventies. Until they're dead. Okay. <laughs> until they're dead. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty <Exactly>. metal, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of uh pretty um, metal, I, I made sure to be recording during the uh guitar solo of Unholy War Cry, just so I could be like, look, Luca can do it. <laughs> As opposed to other <laughs> guitarists who might have played with them. I, I have actually a hilarious story about that, by the way. Not related to Unholy Warcry, but the guitarist who does Unholy Warcry. The, you, that, you know, Tom has, what has been in a couple groups before uh, he was basically forced into Rhapsody. But during the Manowar Rhapsody tour, I actually saw their opening band, Holy Hell, came out. And that's Tom has Tom has played the guitar for that, along with guitarist Joe Stump. So I actually got to see Tom has opened for Rhapsody back in two thousand six. Wow! Oh shit! Wow! <laughs> Man, the, and people people question the 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 Rhapsody chart, but this is the kind of shit that happens with this band. It's like everything is so interconnected right? and it's so hilarious. I love uh, the Rhapsody universe. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't long after that that um I think it was no I think no they did like two more albums before Luca quit but I think that was they all, they they started to Tom has to like forcefully add it to the band so mm -hmm. yeah. Manowar could like I think it would be easier for them to do visas with Magic Circle music if they could have yeah they wanted uh, someone from the US yeah it was, everything was weird at the time yeah but this at least is so powerful. The set list that you got, I, I'm. It just, yeah. it's a slightly different from the one that I got when Rhapsody Reunion did their tour in Latin America back in 2017. I think it was forever yeah. ago, man. Um, but this is so such a good set list. Yeah, Dawn of Victory, Emerald Sword, Wisdom of the Kings, Eternal Glory, Wings of Destiny, Night Rider of Doom, Symphony of Enchanted Lands, a drum solo into Land of Immortals, Wizards Last Rhymes. A bass solo into the Conte Partiro, Holy Thunder Force, with an encore of Riding the Winds of Eternity, 
Lamento Arroyo, and Unholy Warcry. Like, that's pretty much every banger song, like, it just except for, I guess, Power of the Dragon Flame. Sucks to miss that, but yeah, I'll, I'll I was take thinking it. Power of the Dragon Flame and Warrior Vice were the only two I was really missing there. Mm. I, I wanted Rain of a Thousand Flames and for them to have the whole video uh, up on there, but, <laughs> but oh well. Maybe they don't like to acknowledge that. No, that's just the, I mean, it's a slightly different at least, but this at least that I got with the reunion tour. It was uh, Emerald Sword, Wisdom of the Kings, Eternal Glory, Beyond the Gates of Infinity, Night Rider mm. of Doom, Wings of Destiny, The Dark Tower of Abyss, Riding the Winds of Eternity, Symphony of Enchanted Lands, The Drum Solo, Land of Immortals, The Wizard's Last Rhymes, The Bass Solo, A Vocal Solo. He did Conte Partido and also uh, he did Nessun Dorma back then. Uh, oh, okay. actually uh, Tone of Victory and then for the encore it was Reign of a Thousand Flames Lamento Heroico Holy Thunder Force and Intenebris and the just going into the end so alright so pretty similar pretty similar uh, yeah. the main point is like this is the class, the classic Rhapsody that everyone wants um, man what a show oh, I'm yeah. so happy like, that you guys actually finally got it because me too uh, the U.S. is the one country they they didn't go to, or and Canada, when because they did a whole world tour of the reunion and farewell tour, and it it didn't hit North America sadly, but now you got it yeah, finally. It was very sad. So glad we finally got that. Yeah, I, so I was afraid great. I'd never properly see Emerald Sword live in my life, but damn it, I did now, <laughs> and I love how they just kind of like how uh, Stradivarius extended some final choruses so they did the chorus of emerald sword a couple more times at the end too just because why wouldn't you it's, it's why beautiful. wouldn't you the best chorus yeah. in power metal as some people used to say uh and why I'd not say it. fuck it <laughs> uh it's it's such an iconic song for the genre oh, I, yeah. I, this is so great getting to see it live it's so great one that i wasn't expecting to get was uh riding the winds of eternity uh, that I really like that one. It's kind of a dumb reason, but I discovered it on YouTube many years ago with a very well-made like Zelda music video with that song. So, I'm like, <laughs> so I just had like that video playing in my head while they were uh, that's great playing that song. That's great for like for relatively early YouTube. It's very well edited, I would say. For very early YouTube, I found like uh, an anime music video of. Evangelion with Stradivarius's Phoenix, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, oh shit! Nice. Yeah, so that's like when they're playing that, I'm like, "Oh god, that out of my head." <laughs> oh man, uh, that's so great! That's so great! <sighs> what a great show you guys got! That that that's amazing. What indeed. a way to to cap these four days of crazy prog power craziness. <laughs> yeah, like. Just it was so great to finally be back at Prague Power. Like it, it was the first like major, I guess, big festival, quote unquote, that I went to, and it's been nearly three years since the last one. So being back in center stage, just saying hi to the cool people, whether it's people that I met at Mad with Power just last year, or people that I met at you know uh, Prague Power several years ago, uh, ran into uh, James from Lycanthro again, and it's like we last talked this many years ago. 
Uh, also, I saw you at hyperspace. That was cool. Uh, I'm glad people still remember me <laughs> from all these years ago. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty generic looking dude at these things. Uh, so it is cool. Just how like much of like a, they, they, they talk about being a family and like, and it, it kind of is, it's, it's just so, uh, comforting, I guess there, there's only a few of these things left theoretically, but I plan to go to the remaining ones. And if anyone else is, especially power metal fans in the Americas, uh, even if there's like, oh, if you're like, oh, I don't know about the lineup, it's definitely, I think, still worth going to one of these remaining few just for the experience, if you can swing it, like time off and money wise. You think Ty will be able to elevate his festival to start reaching some of the bigger names? I would hope so. Maybe he can get one, like sneak, like sneak one in every year or something. Uh, I think Madison is like a, a tougher ask than Atlanta because Atlanta just being like just such a huge international hub and like a major city uh, as a, and also you know, on the East coast closer to Europe, as opposed yeah. to Madison, which is kind of middle of nowhere, even for an American uh, it's, it, it'll be hard to, I think, get to an equivalent level, but it'll still be a place for this kind of thing to happen in the future, especially as it gets bigger. I, I think it, it will, it should, it will probably grow. Um, but it's, it's more like the place to have all the North American bands instead of being right. like the festival for internationals. Maybe you can get a couple internationals every now and then, but it should, it's mainly like that showcasing for, for the locals, the local bands, that should be the main thing, I believe. Uh, because it, in a way, if you think about it, like maybe I'm mistaken, but if I recall correctly, when we looked into it, uh, Sabaton Open Air, it's also in a city like it, that it's like difficult to get to. It's not like a yeah, super big international, right? It's not a super big international hub, uh, like Atlanta is or accessibility wise, like you have to get into the country and then take another flight there to the local airport on that or, or, or not even that, or maybe bus to there, stuff like that. That's, that's the thing. It's like not super direct. There's not a lot of direct routes to it, even within the country. Uh, but maybe one day it can grow there, but I think it makes more sense to think about it as the big North American festival for the North American bands. And then, every now and then being able to get one of the big international ones. Yeah, I think that'll be kind of like a balancing act they do moving forward with them in hyperspace kind of in a, I think in a similar boat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think it will be cool to take a look at the roster for next year. They do their cute little video uh, on day three, which announces the rosters for day three and four uh, days one and two still have yet to be announced. Those are coming in the next month or so, maybe. But uh, for day three next year, we're starting off with the band Cryptex from Germany. Uh, I'm not familiar with them. Uh, have you heard of them at all? Nope. Nope. We'll all see. Right. We'll see. We'll check them out. People check them out. Or maybe it will be one of those new bands you get when you go to the, if you go to the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Even if you've never heard of a band, just go for it because they might surprise you. Mm-hmm. All right, then we've got Windrose from Italy, the the dwarves, as they like to be. They uh, were supposed to be there a few years ago. They got screwed over and had to cancel because of visa bullshit. I'm very excited to see that they'll be, you know, redeeming themselves and coming back. Uh, I think they will put on a very fun live show as these like 
dumb gimmick bands uh, tend to do. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. And they're like mm-hmm. legitimately good folk metal for the most part. Yeah, Windrose is for the people that like the, that folkish flavor, um, the triplet bass <laughs> music, uh-huh. basically. Yes, and then after them is Ad Infinitum. The Bonnieverse continues to swallow uh, us all. Okay, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I need to stop you there. Is that really how it's said? I have no fucking clue. Ad Some Infinitum. Co- Someone Isn't told me that, and I don't infinitum? know if I believe them. It's like, it's Latin, right? infinitum ad infinitum ad, ad infinitum is that what it is uh, that I've would never be heard Latin. A definitive uh, uh we, we need to figure like, this out because this, this, no, we uh, like, don't. this happens it's a funnier lot if it's not. i know i know this happens a lot but this one really like just made my brain hurt <laughs> I, I i wanted it to <laughs> ad infinitum god damn it like you say infinity in english why did you <laughs> because the last person i heard say the band's name said infinitum and I thought it sounded mm, kind of weird, but I just wanted to go It's super weird. It. it is super weird. <laughs> and like, it's not ad infinite. I always thought it was ad in infinitium. I was like mentally adding another I in there. I, yeah, I have no idea what this band's fucking name is. It's the one with <laughs> Melissa Bonnie. They do symphonic metal, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. They, they I was probably. right. It is ad infinitum, by the way. Oh, God. Seriously? Do we have a source I'm on dying. that? I just, I just went and took two sources to listen to them. Oh, they oh, like they say it in their. I'm, okay. I'm I am yeah. incapable of. I, I can't. Okay. It's it's a it's a, I mean it's a terminology to be like, ad infinitum like that's so I heard it there. I'm like I don't think they pronounce unless they pronounce their band differently. That's the English pronunciation of it. Oh god. Yeah, because that's like a phrase that maybe Americans just say it wrong, but they're from, yeah. they're not American, so fuck it. Like Fernando okay. could go on adding yeah, an we, item about the new yeah. <laughs> we, we can move on. We can move on. It's like, yeah, it's uh, the main one of the main bands in the Boniverse. That that's yes. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Working on Versailles sounded fun. I finally listened to them for the first time. It wasn't bad. Okay. We are all <laughs> Melissa Bonnie. And next up is Green Carnation, which is a uh, kind of a cool prog <laughs> band from Norway. They, I believe, they also canceled for this year's festival yeah yeah the postpone yeah so they're getting their their comeback here i think this will be a cool one to check out uh followed by we got a double dose of big prog here as reactive reincarnation is gonna be caligula's horse coming back just two festivals later i don't give a fuck because caligula's horse uh was fucking sick when we saw them in 2019 uh they're gonna get a longer set this time yeah they're ultra prog from australia and they're fucking rad. They had a prog pit at the 2019 <laughs> show. There were very few prog pits, but fuck it, they got one. And then headlining day three is Camelot. We're getting our boy Tommy Karavik back. I love it. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this. I've seen Camelot twice on tour already for their Shadow Theory tour. Uh, I know that they can put on a good show. Uh, my, my hype level for this is dependent on the quality of the forthcoming Camelot album. Because, uh, you know, they'll be playing probably a fair amount of that. But either way, I think it'll be a cool show. Uh, and I love me some power metal. And I'm sure they're going to play some good power metal because it's Camelot. So I think that'll be a pretty good headliner. Yeah, they should yeah. be fun. They're, they're, all, yeah. they're always good lives. So that's, that's, it's it's going to be good. It's not a rarity. You'll be able to get Camelot. They, they, they tour pretty readily in the U.S. But uh, 
even outside of that, they're they're a good performance. It's a good headliner. Mm -hmm. All right, that brings us into day four, which starts off with Poverty's No Crime, a band from Germany that I have no familiarity with. So they will be a fresh one for me next time. I saw one shirt of it when I was there. This that, that one person, they're they're real fucking hyped when they saw that. Oh yeah, that that one person, super hyped. Never heard of them. I've never even heard it mentioned in the Discord or anywhere else until then. So I was like, who? They are prog metal, it would have seemed. Yeah. This is followed up by Shaman from Brazil. Shout outs to Andre Matos. Yeah, I wonder who, what how they said will be. Um I have no idea. <laughs> Shaman is a good band. Um, it, it's worth checking out. Yeah, I've uh, heard some of their stuff. Um, I haven't heard anything since Andre died. But yeah, exactly. I don't. Do they have any vocalist? Uh, I assume so. Otherwise, they wouldn't be playing. But I, I, I gotta admit, I, I didn't check. Um, let's see. It looks like it is Alirio Neto. Cool. Hmm. Can't say that I recognize him, but. Yeah, we'll check it out. Uh, and everyone, everyone that likes Sangra, um, you'll probably like some songs from Shaman. Uh, but anyone that likes that style, um, it's like classic power metal, rather old school. Um, just, just go. It's, it's, it's a yeah. good time. I'm sure it'll be sick. Uh, speaking of sick, this is getting followed up by Orbit Culture a melodic death metal band from Sweden. Uh, these guys are fucking brutal. Uh, I think that's going to be a hell of a show. And it's going to be yeah. weird to follow up the, the relatively lighter stuff uh, before and after them. Yeah, that's 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 wonderful. Because uh, um, given the Orbit culture doesn't seem to be very huge, and uh, they, you know, they're in Sweden, I just, I had this in my head. Well, don't, I'll be. I'll enjoy their albums, but I just never see. I'm never going to see them ever. It's just I had already had that in my head. So when they got announced, Justin and I flipped out. Yeah, that's the one I saw you like get out of your seat for and just like die. Yeah, that's accurate. Speaking of dead, uh, <laughs> next up is Delane, a band that's brutal. That, that's brutal. That, I thought they were dead. Like that's not a joke. I thought they didn't exist anymore. Uh, apparently, they do exist and are have the the third to last slot of Frog Power next year. Yeah, it's a big slot. Um, yeah. This was super weird in the announcement video. It was the one video where they didn't just play a music video. They actually had like cut in between. They had like the guy, the one surviving member of Delane, be like, like, oh, hello, everyone. I am very excited to come play at Frog uh, Power next year. That, and I'm sure that's exactly his accent. Um, <laughs> and I was just so confused during this whole thing. Because one, I'm like, I didn't know this band is still... Like, it reminds me of that thing, like, if you have you seen Clerks? I have not. Where I'm aware home. of it, though. But there's a sign he puts up because they, they can't get the, like, thing shown up to make it look like they're open. The big sign that says, I assure you, we're open. That video had that same energy. Like, <laughs> I assure you, we have a singer. Like, there's a band back here. Or like, I don't know. Like he was trying very hard to convince us. No, no. We exist. There's people. Yes. Like, uh, uh, show yeah. us. I guess that would also be the same hands. Delane, like, the band. Can we see them? 
If no. you went to a power metal show in the U.S. at some point between like 2013 and 2018, chances are you saw Delane without meaning to. Yeah. Yeah. I only did for it once. Show. Yeah. It's uh, that's gonna be weird, but you know what? It might make it entertaining. Yeah, it could be entertaining. Also, it's a good dinner spot between Orbit Culture and Unleash the Archers. Oh, you know yeah. what? That That's a good point, because I'm definitely going to want to be there for Unleash the Archers. Oh, yeah. They've got the second highest slot. Uh, I love seeing Unleash the Archers just keep getting bigger. Uh, the crowd was popping up for this. Like, It's not a, like a special thing to see Unleash the Archers. They tour the U.S. often enough, but they're really good, and I every time they put on a show, I've had a really awesome time. So fuck it. Let's do it again. We get some more power metal in Prague Power. I'm always here for that. Yep. So I'm for the first time last December. Very happy. Glad to see more of them. Nice. And maybe I'll have new material by then. Uh, maybe. Ooh. Maybe. All right. Then last up, headlining the whole festival in the same slot that we had Rhapsody this year. We have Mirath from Tunisia. Now, I like Mirath. They're a proggy sort of folk metal-y sometimes-ish band um i didn't think they were the headline all of prog power level of good and popular but i think it'll be a cool show i wouldn't say i'm like crazy hyped for it but fuck it let's go yeah I, i'm not like i'm not super hyped i i love day three day four sounds nice because i want to go see shaman and orbit culture and obviously, Unleash the Arches is good. My, uh, Mirath is... Uh, I'm going to try to listen to them more. I've not listened to them much. But the ones I had, they, make, they were pretty decent. So I wasn't, like, um, underwhelmed by them. Though more that they're like, no, that was good. They have an interesting music video. So I am cautiously optimistic about that. And I'll probably look more into them now. I just created a Prog Power playlist for uh, 2023. So... I had a few more songs I hadn't heard before, well, two that I hadn't heard before, so hopefully I'll get more used to them and maybe I'll really enjoy them. Yeah, I think on all of these days, I've heard of all of the bands except for the opening band. And yeah. the ones that I've heard of, like, I don't dislike them. Uh, and I, I know I either, in, I either actively like them or think they'll put on an entertaining show. So overall, I think it'll be a decent enough lineup for next year. Absolutely. I don't think it's it's not like as important as it was to me this year where I had like bucket list bands like Strato and Rhapsody. But yeah. as someone who just likes going to this festival, I'll be like, all right, fuck it. This will be a good time. And we still have days one and two to be announced. Yeah, I was talking to my dude, uh, Cliff, and asking him like, all right, what can they announce that has you saying, yes, 100%, I'm coming to Proud Power next year. Without a hesitation, he had a pretty short list, and I realized my list is generally pretty short too. But eventually, I discovered that if day two has love bites, it's not gonna what? have love bites. It's not yeah. gonna have love bites. It's not gonna happen. But do you know what? Also, I said, do you know what? Do you know what Laro said? He said conception will never happen. So Galerius was like out of nobody saw it coming. So that's why love by no. If they did, I'm gonna like die. I don't know if, if you if, did. You watch the actual video that they made, Fernando? What video? The video exactly. for the presentation? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. 
yeah so the whole video they always have like a theme for it i think a couple years ago it was like a carnival theme well well this year it was wolf themed and it's like oh these bastards they didn't announce a single wolf theme band such as sonata arctica or power wolf or love bites uh, yeah, but it was in my mind the whole time. <laughs> I had in my head, by the way, Power Wolf as the festival headliner because of the wolf theme. That would have been cool. I don't think for as like popular as with like Power Metal Normies as Power Wolf is, like I don't think they've ever played the U.S. No, they they don't. It, it's so that was that was weird. That that thing that cost our reward thing. Yeah, it's probably just they don't think it's worth the money or whatever. But fine. So I, I think day two will probably have like a big banger power metal band. Uh, so far every year that I've gone, it has um, unless they run into budget issues, which is possible, but we'll see overall. Uh, I'm looking forward to more metal and cool people. And that's what prog power is about. Nice. Friendship and metal. What would you say was your your favorite part of festival this year, Alice? Um, um, I'm going to be in the minority here, probably conception still. Uh, just, I, I feel like I had a little bit more um, of familiarity with the Rhapsody material. That it had all the songs have relatively the the same energy, and I'm I know them really well. Whereas a lot of the conception songs felt different because I've I'm like used to hearing like a uh, 24-year-old con singing it, now hearing much older cons sing it with a slightly different arrangement. It all felt new. They made some changes to some of the vocal melodies that were clearly meant for where Khan wanted to add a little bit more flair. And I was just just kept in a trance the whole time, which uh, I, it's hard for me to get that. It reminds me of... Um, when I saw Galnerius in 2019, where although clearly Demons and Wizards and Seventh Wonder did an amazing job, Galnerius just had me gripped the whole time, and I was A-OK with that. For sure. I think for me, like a singular favorite moment would probably be uh, like the Seven Spires and, and Khan stuff. Oh. Um, I, I loved the uh, the Aether Realm set, the, like, the hype of Redneck Vikings, the, the camaraderie of Guardian. Uh, just f- making, uh, finally seeing Emerald Sword live, which <laughs> Emerald Sword is one of my all-time favorite songs. Like, you know, we ask people their top four power metal bands. I'd probably put Rhapsody in mine, and Emerald Sword's a big part mind. of that. Uh, that was truly special. Uh, <clears throat> I think those would probably be my favorite like band moments. From this festival so far seven spires definitely that's gonna stick around because i remember seeing them when they were opening for dragon force and there's something about the venue they're set that i was thinking that was really good they have a lot to like build from here and prog power felt like an entirely different thing yeah like maybe it was like the dragon force fans in detroit where maybe they weren't as into it where although they they clearly they they clearly blew the next two guides firewind in them Visions of Atlantis, clearly, they put on a good show, but Seven Spires definitely kind of commanded a little bit more. But at Prog Power, something felt, it felt like they had already hit the next level. 
Yeah, and considering these shows were like a month apart, like when I saw them on the Dragon Force tour, yeah, it was a it was the first band in a tiny set list. It's like, all right, they can do it. They can put on a good live show. I'm I'm happy to have seen this. Whereas now it's like, holy shit, they can really fucking kick the fucking ass out of a show live and being surrounded by like a whole crowd of people that are like actively very excited to be there for Seven Spires as opposed to I think the people at the Dragon Force show are just kind of you know they're there for Dragon Force and oh hey there's some other bands first sure um just seeing that difference so quickly was special very incredible yeah that's great what are you eating there Fernando um, the KFC. Sorry, nice. I was really, really <laughs> hungry. Um, I got a super. What, what's this? Barbecue, whatever. I don't know. It's fried chicken in a burger. I'm gonna get tomorrow. It's your fault, Yeah. Sorry, you're I, making I, me want to get some fried chicken now. I I was really, really hungry, and it was getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, very unprofessional of my part. What, what, what was your favorite part of the fest as someone who just saw us posting random bullshit in Discord? Uh, just seeing how much fun you guys were having between the sets and how completely disorganized you were every day, not knowing when and or where to meet and just constantly missing each other. Hey, it we worked fun. it out. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah, I beat sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it's great to see everyone going there and just having fun and it, even with the people that uh, some of the, our friends that uh, hadn't met before in in person and the ones that knew each other already and just having a grand time which doesn't happen often because everyone lives in different parts of the country and the world well said all right i think that might do it for this episode of powerful uh i recommend you, you go eat some fried chicken uh if you're into that kind of thing <laughs> and uh thank you alice for our, for joining us again uh you should check out uh, Rage Badger Gaming and Rage Badger Music because there's uh, cool Gloomhaven and other things on those channels. Definitely, yeah. Thank you. Wonderful for you to have me. And then if you want more of our little tiny podcast, you can check out our Instagram at Powerful Podcast, our Twitter at Powerful PM, where we interact a lot with Double Gedon. And only double getting nobody, nobody else. Apparently. <laughs> There's not a lot of metal people on Twitter, but they're there. They're there. And you can check our website, uh, powerful-podcast.com, if you want to see all the episodes there. But, of course, you can listen to them on any podcasting or Spotify or podcast app, podcast app or YouTube or anything. And look at our awful art. It's all there. Our amazing non-algorithm friendly artwork. Yeah. And if you if this is the first episode you listen to, you can go back and listen to the others. You will see that there are a bunch of episodes that where we just talk about something. Uh some have news that will be irrelevant to you because it's an old episode, but most of the episodes you can actually just listen to them and enjoy our our voices talking about some random topic or some of our some of our conversations with bands. Uh, and we're gonna have more of those coming and more episodes coming, I guess, sometime. I don't I don't think we can expect a lot of more episodes coming like super close to each other like this one. This was like a special occasion. But they are coming. Well we got you know, there's something something coming. Yeah, I know, but I don't wanna it And also 
if you're the person who picked up the powerful business card that I left uh, in the bathroom at Prague Power, uh, leave a comment because I wonder what the fuck happened to that because it disappeared pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, great. You're going to win a prize. Um, <laughs> you win a prize. You win a prize. Give me proof that you have yeah. that, that send, powerful business may, card and you picked it up in the fucking comments. Send us a picture of, of the of the card to, to prove that it's you and you win a prize. Alrighty. And I guess that's it. Yes. So until next time, uh, stay powerful. Stay powerful, everyone. Stay powerful.